Kristen Lago. And I'm Jody Storm Sullivan, and welcome to episode six of the He Said, She Said podcast. We are back, and I'd like to say better than ever. We're going to give you a little caveat. We recorded this podcast already and are doing it again. So it's going to be a little bit shorter, uh, an abbreviated version of the He Said, She Said podcast. But do make sure you listen to us every Wednesday. Tune in on SoundCloud. Watch us on YouTube and subscribe to us on iTunes. They won't all be this short, but today's will. Because again, I'm going to throw her under the bus. Jody forgot to record the first one. Oh, no. (laughs) Let's get started. We're going to throw that away. Hit you with a curveball. We're going to throw some fast pitches. Don't worry about it. All you know, everybody makes mistakes, as Hannah Montana once said. Stop, so, please. my fast pitch of the night is about the Dallas Cowboys, by and large, not my favorite football team. But they do do some funny things on social media. So, they took to Twitter to do the mannequin challenge. And first of all, the executives uh, did it. It was horrible. It was plain horrible. Yeah. And then uh, they're all shaking. They're not mannequin like in the least. It was rough. It was, uh, Jerry, you were having a rough night. But then the players, luckily, they, they are doing kind of the best they've done in a very long time. They're 7-1 and one right now. So go them. Go Dak Prescott. Big fan. Um, but they do this mannequin challenge in a plane on the way home from their win. And it's incredible. They're in the baggage department. They are holding each other up, not moving. It's incredible. I wish I could stand still like that. No blinking, no mouth moving. They don't even look like they're breathing. That's so. Great. Jody, what was your biggest takeaway from that one? <laughs> my biggest takeaway, and you made fun of me when we watched it the first time. Make fun of you again. <laughs> um, my biggest takeaway is that the players are riding in just a regular airplane. So I ride in the same airplane as NFL players. Yeah. So that's That my was takeaway. the takeaway of the mannequin challenge. So next time you look for the mannequin challenge, just think about the plane. Uh, yeah. That's my fast pitch of the night. Jody, yours uh, was better before. It's still better now. I'm going to let her pitch it away. So uh, I'm a big fan of mascots, whether that be professional or college level or even high school. Um, I really like mascots. So you have uh, the Memphis Grizzlies here. Their mascot is dancing to Pony by Genuine. And he, not only is he dancing on stage or on the court, he takes off his jersey and his shorts and is just twerking and dancing and just putting on a show for everyone around and i remember seeing this on twitter and it was labeled as nsfw not safe for work and it's just it's so funny but what's also a good takeaway from it is the stadium seats behind him are still kind of empty so empty it's sad so he's like trying to get crowd applause and they kind of just like reluctantly clap especially the guys at the court side and it's just, it's... It's kind of uncomfortable. It's a little uncomfortable. But, like, I, pro- I like, give him a little bit of props because, like, halftime shows are kind of the timeout shows get a little boring. So he's trying to do yeah. something different. So He's trying to entertain the crowd. The Grizzly it's is going time. for it. He probably practiced those dance moves all night. <laughs> so, you know, go him. I would yeah. never. I wonder how much he gets paid to do that. So It's well, probably not enough at this point. <laughs> So the next thing we're going to talk about, we got a big game that we are looking forward to watching this weekend. And not only is it a big game, but it's a big game day because college game day is going to be there. And I'm not. No, Jody's not. (laughs) But I will on the upside. I don't know if you've heard, but the number 20 ranked USC Trojans are taking on the number four ranked uh, Washington Huskies. Washington doing incredible this yes. season. I Absolutely believe they're 9-0, and 6-0 and in the Pac-12. So incredible. Just a real turnaround season. I got to say, I, first of all, because I didn't mention this before, I give them so much credit. Chris Peterson, great coach. Yeah. I think he has a young group of players that are finally kind of 
they've turned themselves around and I really, yeah. really do kind of credit them for that. So I'm excited to see how uh, the game goes. So we can break down a little bit. Yeah, what definitely. do you think we're going to see on Saturday? So I think one of the, I guess, similarities between these two teams is their rush defense. They mm-hmm. both average allowing about 150 yards on both sides. Yeah. Um, Washington allows a little bit less than USC, but still around that 150 mark. So very strong rush defenses for both teams, mm-hmm. but also very strong rushing offenses for both teams. Oh, yeah. Um you have Ronald Jones the second for mm-hmm. USC. He has seven. He has six six hundred and seventy nine rushing yards Crazy. on the season on a hundred carries. And then you have Miles Gaskin for Washington, mm-hmm. who has nine hundred and fifty two yards on the season, but he has fifty one more fifty one more carries than Rojo. So a little bit of discrepancy like, makes up Rojo, there. Yeah, Rojo did struggle early on yeah. the season, so it makes he a did. lot of sense there. But another matchup that I think is going to be dip, uh, really interesting to kind of break down. Two very young quarterbacks, uh, Jake Browning for Washington, a sophomore, and then Sam Darnold. We've talked about him kind of throughout all of these podcasts. So I think focusing on Jake Browning, he has really stepped up and led this Washington team. He has uh, he had six touchdowns in their last game, 66 to 27, yeah. when they beat the Cal Bears. And um, I believe uh, he is on track to break a the only Washington quarterback you ever really think of, Russell Wilson. So he's on track to break his career record at Washington. So crazy there. But he has 34 touchdown passes, only three interceptions, over 2,000 yards, and 67.7 completion percentage. So really great quarterback. And yeah. I think what that's going to do is present the USC defense with a really interesting challenge, especially in the secondary. Because Jake Browning likes to pass the ball. They do have a great rusher and a great running game, but he does like to pass. So I think it's going to be a real challenge for the secondary. And I'm interested to see if they're able to step up. I'm really interested to see how Coroner Adoree Jackson does in this game. Yeah. It should be it should be a good time for him to kind of to kind of shut down the the wide receivers and kind mm-hmm. of limit Browning's options a bit. Uh, but we'll see. It should be a good game. You have Washington who they score a lot of points. They're averaging about 48 points per game to USC's 32. So it's both some high power offenses going to be kind of trading. It's I think it's going to be a very defensive uh defensively based game. I think both teams have very strong defenses. You have Washington who only allows 17 points per game. USC a little bit more at t- about 23. So I think it's going to be an exciting game but still very defense heavy. Yeah, we were talking about earlier that it's just a must-win for both teams. Washington, like we said, ranked number four. If they want to stay in that top college football, the playoff rankings, they Mm -hmm. have to win. They can't afford to kind of lose their undefeated season at this. And I wonder if they are taking USC for granted. I don't think Peterson is. Just based off a lot of what I've heard him say in a lot of press conferences, I think the quote was, USC is being is back to being USC. Yeah. So I do think neither are taking this game for granted. Obviously, USC knows they're going against a very Definitely. good Washington team. I'm sure they've been in the film room back and forth kind of breaking down uh, their tape. But I'm really interested to see how it breaks down. USC needs this win to keep their winning streak alive and also to keep their you know Pac-12 chances alive because they're only – Slightly behind Colorado in terms of the record. Because they beat Colorado as long as they win out this season, they will take the Pac-12 South. So going to be a really interesting game, a lot at stake. And then it's possibly going to be raining. So I think that'll be another factor that might uh, kind of work against USC. Washington, obviously, rains all the time in Seattle. So they're used to that. But I think you were saying in practice they've kind of been preparing for that. So uh, Coach Helton has talked a bit about how – They've been practicing with wet balls. I think yesterday in practice, they spent a good 15 minutes just playing with really heavily soaked balls, yeah. 
which is going to help then if you can remember that Utah game. They had three turnovers in yep. that first half, which, yes, it was raining. Yes, they had practiced earlier in the week, but maybe good some nerves, all of that, with Sam Darnold's first start. So mm. we'll see. Hopefully they've practiced better for the rain to to keep it kind of closed because if, if they're turning the ball over to Washington, they're, they're Washington's not going to take it. Yep. Take advantage, score a bunch of points, and really it's going to create such a large hole for USC. I don't know if they're going to be able to find their way out of it. And that's something I think USC has probably talked about. They do yeah. need to capitalize on the first half. They become a first-half team. If they don't, uh, I think they need to keep it close. If they let Washington slide ahead, I think even by two touchdowns, I think yeah. they have to keep it within a one-score game. Or else in the second half, I think, as we've seen just in the last couple of games, USC does let the other team kind of run up the scoreboard a little bit in the fourth quarter. Yeah. So they can't afford to do that here. They can't afford to be turning over the ball as they have done against weaker opponents that we've uh, seen them play in the last couple of games. So USC really needs to step up their game. So I think they will. I think it's going to be a close game. Like it's only They're only favored by nine points yeah. over the Trojans. So <clears throat> going to be a really good game, obviously. That's why game day is going. So I'm excited to see yeah. who Lee Corso picks. He's a Trojan. Fun. He's a Trojan favorite. So yeah. I don't know. We'll I don't see. Know. He picked uh, USC back in 2013. Last time college favorite game, day game was of here. all time. I have to say, <sighs> and I wasn't there because, well, granted, I wasn't a USC student at the time. Um, I was still a senior in high school, my freshman year. But I was supposed to go to the game, and it was all great. My dad had tickets, and then it fell on the weekend of a church retreat. Obviously, I, I went to the church retreat, and it was a great time, and I loved it, and it was yep. fantastic. Um, but my parents were there, and they got to see – they didn't go to the game day taping, but they just got to see all of the kind of post-game day show so fun. hoopla and everything, and everyone stormed the field, and it was amazing. And I just remember getting all these videos and pictures, like, at night when it was, like, time for bed. I was like, okay, cool. Like, this is the game that I missed. Of all the of all the USC games to not go to, Yeah, it was this one. I have to say that's one of my favorites of all time, storming the field. So hopefully USC can turn it around just as they did back then, beating a top-ranked Stanford, that they can come back and beat a top-ranked Washington. But we'll have those updates for you next week. We'll probably break down that game, and we'll see how it goes. I think it's going to be, you know, it's a toss-up. I can't honestly say who I think is going to win. It should be an exciting game. But yeah, we shall see. USC will be leaving tomorrow night to head up there. So here we go. uh, Now that we're uh, done with football, you ready? I I could get a good stretch in. I'm a little tired. Election night last night really got yeah, me down. We were was... working for about, uh, oh God, I don't even. Want we to had about seven or so hours of coverage, so you have all the pre stuff and the post stuff. We, we were, were here. We were awake till about four a.m. Yeah, let's put it that way. So, <laughs> it was late, <laughs> but we're still talking about the election. Yeah, of we're course. We're just gonna put a little bit of a sports spin on yeah. it. My kind of my favorite spin, I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. Good way to look at it. So. So Every, go ahead, for those Joey, of you, you can preview this one. No. I love it. <laughs> Lakers player, Meta World Peace, formerly uh, Ron Artest, mm-hmm. he took to Twitter um, yesterday morning and said, today is hashtag day. Hashtag <laughs> if Meta was president, I would make it mandatory for referees in each sport to play their respective sport once a week. Love it. Which I think is hysterical. Um, I remember seeing this tweet just like laughing hysterically because, oh, you yeah. know, refs, like some of them are maybe a little heavy set. You see them kind of trucking down the sidelines of their field or court, wherever they're working. And, you know, one way to solve this, they just they got to work out, play the sport once a week. I love it. I think it's a simple and solution. And he goes on to kind of define his policy as yeah. uh, president of the United States. Of course. I love this commentary in this article. We're getting this tweet where it says he understands that far too many Americans are working long hours without earning a livable wage. The tweet says... If Meta was president, I would get all my work done early and leave office after three months, but still pay myself for four years. <laughs> Smart economics at best. Uh, he knows how to turn the economic uh, 
situation in America around. He's just beyond entertaining. Another one that I really like, uh, and he's he's preserving the fine arts in this one. Oh, yeah. It's hashtag if Meta was president, I would have Saturday salsa night in the White House. Instead of state dinners, we have salsa. It could be great. It could be a whole thing. You could maybe like enter a lottery or a raffle oh, or yeah. something to get to go and to get to learn the salsa with President World Peace. See, that has a good ring to it. President, President World, World Peace. Peace. You know, I think people would really respect us if that I was the so. name of I think, I think that'd be a good so time. So funny. And the last one is just, so he goes on to define all these kind of like policy-esque parody kind of things like we've been saying. And then the last one goes, if Meadow was president, I would put a limit on the size of a, the size a fake booty could be. Some are way too big. And then you're like, oh, yeah, that's Meta World Peace. Perfect. Of course. That's, like, yep. everything is, like, kind of real. Like, okay, this is kind of funny. Like, this is, I guess this is doable. And then just this last one, just Meta like, being oh, Meta. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> so <laughs> that really provided me with a nice laugh after a long election yes, day yesterday. Definitely. But Meta, I love you. He's I love great. the Lakers. He's a good I love one. you. He's entertaining. Meta, Meta forever. Meta forever. So that pretty much wraps up episode six here of the He Said, She Said podcast. So thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Um, Make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes. Watch us on YouTube. Listen to us on SoundCloud. Anything that really suits your fancy to kind of follow and keep up with us. Yeah, we um, know we want you to watch us. So any way that you see fit. We're fans. (laughs) (laughs) And for that, I'm Jody Storm Sullivan. And I am Kristen Lago. We hope you enjoyed this episode and have a good night, guys.